Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Kyle. And this week, Trevor caught up on The Edge from 1997. Uh, this stars Sir Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin. And I'm the, the African-American gentleman. I can't place his name. I believe he's from The Matrix, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he plays Link in uh, The Matrix sequels. And uh, I also know him from uh, the Romeo Cross Juliet movie. Uh, oh. I believe he played Mercutio. Uh, he was... One of the standout performances in a very strange film. <laughs> uh, Harold Perrineau, but Steven is his name in the film. Yeah. Uh, and then L.Q. Jones. I always like him when he pops up. Uh, oh, yeah. He's always welcome. He has uh, just a delightful voice. And he does. He does. He has that knowing smile, too, where it's like, I don't know if you're going to screw me over or, or what's going on here, but uh, I, I want to like you. <laughs> that The Mask of Zorro movie? Uh, he's um, Three Fingered Jack, the legendary Three Fingered Jack in there. My parents were watching it when I was visiting them. Um, that movie's not that great. Uh, uh, if, if I remember right, he's in... Uh, hey, I like The Mask of Zorro. Yeah, <laughs> I really like The Mask of Zorro. Don't you talk <laughs> shit about that. Um, if I remember right, he was in a Lone Wolf McQuaid with uh, Chuck Norris. It is, it is very possible. He is from Texas, and as you know, Chuck Norris, or Carlos, is uh, a Texas Ranger. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, this I'll just give the, uh, the, the plot real quick. Um, Anthony Hopkins plays a billionaire, and he accompanies his wife, and who is a model, and uh, her photography crew that are going to be shooting her, and they're headed to Alaska, this remote location, for just a shoot. Um, Alec Baldwin plays a photographer, and while they're there, uh, they decide to take a... Uh, like an 80 mile trip to go get a picture of this African uh, uh, Native American guy. Um, he's not at his cabin, so they decide they're going to go to where he's hunting. Plane crashes, and then um, pilot dies. Anthony Hopkins, Alec Baldwin, and Stephen have to basically walk out of the Alaskan wilderness uh, on the not quite winter they're saying but it's it's pretty much right on the cusp of winter so they're in the elements but and they are not prepared at all um so you have actually seen this movie uh but you were very very young and you do not remember it which we count uh yeah no i i count this as a catching up because i remember fragments of this like there were certain elements that uh because i knew some of the story reveals um it actually made it more enjoyable i think to watch because there's certain character moments where people give each other looks and there's certain props that have more significance if you're in the know ahead of time. Mm -hmm. That um, it pointed to like skillful filmmaking uh, because again, I came into this basically not remembering most of it, but there were certain things I was picking up on that I was like, oh, okay, we're doing the foreshadowing thing. That means something. I should probably key in on that. I, and See, it, it, it's a sign of a, a skillful eye on the part of the director and the cinematographer it's interesting you say um that the one guy is from romeo plus juliet is yeah. the same cine cinematographer uh, um yeah I, I want i want to say right up front uh there were a handful of credits uh this movie opens with i think just a a white just a white screen with credits or mm -hmm. a black screen with white credits and um, there were a couple of names that popped up that as soon as I saw them, I was like, oh, fuck, really? Mm -hmm. um, so my very first note about this movie actually was um, from note one, 
Jerry Goldsmith lets you know he's entered the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith is one of my favorite composers. I think he's one of everyone's favorite composers. Yeah, pretty much. Because he's amazing. Um, he put in a good effort for this film. Uh, his score is a huge part of the film. And from note one, I was like, that's Jerry Goldsmith. Like, without without <laughs> doing any research, I was like, I know who that is. Uh, but then, as the credits were rolling, um, I noticed Lee Tamahori as the director. The I know he's a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand. And uh, the main thing I know him for is Die Another Day, mm. which is universally regarded as the, the worst, worst James Bond, Bond movie. movie. And what's amazing about it, though, is that this film bears almost no similarities to that. It's, like, I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that. It's like, that's the same guy? Yeah, this, what's interesting, so Donald McAlpine, did the, he's the cinematographer. He's worked on a lot of very well-known movies. Uh, Moulin Rouge, uh, The Dressmaker, Predator. Um, but I sometimes when I'm watching this, I'm like, the cinematography is almost too good. Like, it looks like just photographs. Like, we're just looking at a photograph of mountains, but then you see people walking. Um, a lot. There's several really, really, really good shots in this movie where I'm just like, it's almost too good. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, the, the, <laughs> the wilderness in this film is very welcoming <laughs> in some ways. Um, what's funny, though, is I, I didn't do any research on this film. Uh, everything, that, everything that came to me came from just taking the film in which I think is a good way to view it. But the other credit that jumped out at me was David Mamet mm-hmm. as the writer. Yep. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and Alec Baldwin. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I, th- I think he actually wrote the play that the movie was based on. So it's like it's very much his baby. And there's a lot of snappy dialogue in this movie that for a wilderness adventure film, you wouldn't expect to find it there. And so it's, it's an interesting combination of elements. Well, it, there is quite a bit, and I think that might be the reason why you have Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin is because they're both you know Anthony Hopkins he his character is interesting in this movie we'll get into him um, absolutely but he actually has like a there's a Hannibal Lecter moment in here and it's uh, be careful of the deadfall if you remember that scene uh, <laughs> that, yeah that's, put a pin in that yeah um, but yeah do you want uh, you want to you want to dive into it here yeah um, so right off the bat I think uh, our first shot our first discernible image in the film looks like a whale's tail <laughs> and it's a uh, it's like the tail of a, a biplane or no it's yeah a propeller plane and uh we like tilt down from it and it's anthony hopkins and his merry band of young folks there's mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like a couple of decades age difference between everyone else and him uh his wife is played by l mcpherson by the mm-hmm. way mm. Mm. um in the 90s prim uh, this is a prime yeah, yeah she's 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 doing just fine um <laughs> so he's this billionaire and he has the supermodel of supermodels as his wife and uh right off the bat we like we're pulling up to this alaskan lodge um no it's a it's a garage and and right off the bat we get an exchange between anthony hopkins and a mechanic Mm -hmm. um, who makes a comment about like oh boy i wish i had me one of those yeah and instantly anthony hopkins assumes that he's talking about his His model wife yeah (laughs) his super hot model wife and then supermodel wife who's playing a model in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if the if the guy was uh, just thinking very quickly on his feet 
or if he was being genuine, but he... I think uh, he was being genuine. I think he was being genuine. I don't think he was... I don't think that guy's that quick. <laughs> um, uh, basically, he says, I was referencing the plane. If you're a plane mechanic, I think you're probably a plane nerd. I think you can be a car mechanic and not be a car nerd, but I think if you're a mechanic for planes, you're a nerd about it's it. It's a so. very specialized thing. Very much. Yeah. But yeah, he, he mentions like the exact model of the plane. Anthony Hopkins is like, oh, Ooh. okay. <laughs> I don't have to kill you now. <laughs> but we get this funny line where uh um the like Anthony Hopkins's handlers they come up behind him and they're like the plane's ready, let's go. And they call him by his name, which is Charles Morris. Charles. He's like they're like Charles and he says, "Okay, Mr. Morris." And he's like, "Charles Morris? The billionaire." Yeah. And he's just like, "Yeah." Yeah, he just says, "Yeah." And they, and they, and they just he's so aloof. It's it's, it's perfect. He's, um. He looks like he's always thinking, like he's like on a debate team or something, like he's just always thinking, like this is how he looks the whole time. Well, he, Anthony Hopkins plays contemplative and wily, like very well, mm-hmm. and he was very well cast in this role. Oh, and, very uh, much. And that delivery actually kind of reminded me of his uh, Van Helsing in uh, the Bram Stoker Dracula. Oh where, my gosh. Where he has he has a, a thing he does where somebody will say something horrific and like tell him something crazy supernatural and his reaction is just to go, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember He's that. Like, ah, at all. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I only remember Gary Oldman climbing up the wall. I think it's the only thing I can remember. Oh, the the really awkward, like sped up footage of him like herky jerky going up the wall yeah, yeah. i remember th- i remember that image in particular from when i was a kid i was like that just looked stupid <laughs> um so and his butt hair <laughs> they've they've gotten to the they've gotten to the first little airport and yeah. now they're going they're getting on it's a small first first leg of the journey yeah they're getting on a smaller plane which is uh, apparently the same plane from six days and seven nights that harrison ford uh harrison ford flew i enjoy um, that movie yeah, oddly, right? It's it's yeah, an odd, I like that movie. oddly enjoyable movie. Um, so he gets a he gets a gift from I'm guessing his um, assistant or something like that. It's his birthday that day, and he he got a book, and it's uh, Lost in the Wilds. Um, yeah. it's actually not a real book. So I looked at it, I'm like, oh, this looks like a cool book to have. It's actually it was made for the movie. Um, there, I'm sure there are similar books, but this one in particular is not. It's um, just a nature survival guide. Yeah. Uh, especially in the north, um, the northwest is what it was saying. But um, I like the the location of the cabin hotel. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, I don't know if it's real or if they built it for the for the movie, like the exterior. Um, oh. It very well could be, but I'm not entirely sure. I want to say it was real. You want to say oh. I, it's really cool on the inside. I really like it. Uh, I'd love to go stay there. Um, but they get there and they meet. Uh, Oh, what's his name in the movie? Is that LQ. Or? LQ, but I can't think of his name in the movie. But he he's he's just call him LQ. He's bookend. <laughs> he's only here and then at the end. Um, he's given him the gist of the of the the place. Um, he's like, built this and blah 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 blah. Um, make sure that you cover up any food because there's bears out here. Um, yeah, no real problem with bears. And yeah, <laughs> it needs to be said here that uh, LQ uh, has a nasty scar on his face. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he mentions that there's no locks on the doors. Um, there's a bear problem. He's like, if a bear, if you come up on a bear, just look him right in the eye and then back away real slowly. And, uh, Alec Baldwin notices a picture on the, 
he knows his like it looks like a really old black and white picture of a Native American gentleman and he's just like oh this is such an amazing photo you almost have to go back to this time to get a picture he's like when was that taken and he's like last last week or like last month or last yeah, year LQ's or something like, like I took it <laughs> like, like a week ago <laughs> like, I took it last year and yeah, uh, me an untrained photographer took this amazing photo like a week ago <laughs> um yeah we we Alec Baldwin's character he's um very much I, I want to say a slime ball that's the word I want to use to describe him um very go-go city guy, um, very quick, uh, and he was, he's condescending, I would say, quite a bit as well. Um, just an asshole, goofball, yeah, or he's, a slimeball asshole. Very, he's not a very genuine person. No. Uh, he wears a lot of masks. Um, he, he has a moment a little bit later that speaks to his character big time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you can tell he's, he's meant to be, like, the consummate, like, city dweller character of, of our core cast. But in the same moment that we're learning that he's kind of a like, kind of a douchebag, um, when he's telling him about the photo, he's like, "Yeah, it's my friend Jack," and he's like, "He's out bear hunting right now, and I'd be out there with him if you folks weren't here." And um, he says, "But I haven't got my rifle sighted." And um, he approaches Anthony Hopkins to talk to him, and he's like, "You interested in books?" And he's like, "Why can't you get your rifle sighted?" And it's it's totally something that you wouldn't notice. Like he just kind of just mentioned it in passing, and Anthony Hopkins honed in on that one. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins, the expert of talking at people while not looking at them. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's something he, he always fucking does. He's always got his back to people, and he says something incredibly insightful or clever. <laughs> He, he literally knows everything, and they mention it like, oh, yeah, he knows everything. Ask him. Yeah. He, he's yeah. always his, reading His something. wife actually verbatim yeah. says that Charles knows everything. Um, <laughs> and he, um, LQ tries to trick him, and he picks up this paddle that has a, um, a jaguar or a panther. I'm sorry, a panther, panther on, yeah. on the front of the oar. And he's like, I'll give you $5 if you tell me what's on the back of this. And he goes, it's a rabbit smoking a pipe. And that's exactly what it was. And he's, it's some kind of Native American tale of where... The, the rabbit's smarter than the panther, so he's smoking his pipe unafraid because he's smarter. Put mm-hmm. a pin in that. Uh, <laughs> There's going to be a lot of that, by the way. Yeah. This is a very tight script in a lot of ways. Um, but everybody pretty much goes off to bed. I'm guessing it's been a long day of traveling, and we get Anthony Hopkins talking to his wife in the bedroom. and Very uh, awkward exchange, by the way. It's on purpose, though. Uh, it, it is awkward. Um but he asks, he's like, um, today's a very special day for me. Do you know why? And um, she just doesn't even acknowledge what he asks. And um, they kind of have a little discussion. She's like, hey, will you run downstairs and get me, uh, make me a sandwich? Which, by the way, she's not eating carbs. She's not eating a ham sandwich. Yeah, I'm going to tell you that right now. He puts this on white bread, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> no, not. No, um, no, sir. Um, he actually says to her at some point, uh, she's the only woman he's ever wanted. Mm-hmm. And in his very Anthony Hopkins way, it's like I don't believe you for a second, but sure. <laughs> it's yeah. like I hear I hear the words coming out of your mouth, but your face isn't really going along with it. <laughs> She's light years younger than him, and I'm thinking like a foot taller. Uh, well, he just he just doesn't seem like a, a human being capable of true love. <laughs> no, he's a billionaire, and I think he's that not he's, very warm. He's playing it very say. he's playing it very well. Yeah, he's not. He's, I think he's sincere, but not very warm. I think that's a, a, a good way to describe him. Um, yeah, but she's in, like, a, a nightgown, and he's, like, still in his, like, full... He wears a lot of wool like, yeah. <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> like, he's still in his full suit and everything. Oh, yeah, so he, he goes downstairs, he makes her a sandwich, and the uh, 
the back door is open to the kitchen and um, he has a whole ham out. This is, he makes his, he, he leaves the ham out by the way. He makes a sandwich, he shuts the door um, and then he comes back to grab the sandwich and as he's going through the door into like the, the, the common area, um, there's a bear. Actually, it's Alec Baldwin in a bear uh, rug, basically, and uh, they scare the bejesus out of him. It's really dangerous uh, to be trying to scare an old man like this. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not like explicitly stated how old he's supposed to be, but this is dangerous no matter how old the person is. Um, pretty well executed scene, though. Like really good use of tension building mm-hmm. and like mu- music, because there's no dialogue here. He's just in the kitchen, and we get some shots of the ham it's like lq said don't do that (laughs) so right away he's a little alert then the door is like creaking open and the wind is blowing it open and shut and he's like that's not good either (laughs) and uh when he shuts the door he does so in like a very violent fast manner because you can tell he's like a little freaked out but yeah it turns out there's a surprise party because it's his birthday um so i told trevor when I've seen this a few times, and um, uh, my some of my friends from Seattle, we go backpacking, and I have a good friend named Bob, which is the name of Elk Baldwin's character in this. And we quote this movie quite a bit when we go backpacking. Um, but one thing that we noticed, we're like, how many times does Elk Baldwin, or just the cast in general, say Charles? And I told Trevor before watching this, I'm like, hey, why don't you keep a Charles count? Because I was going to count, too, how many times he says it. While I was scrolling through the um, trivia for this movie, Alec Baldwin alone says Charles eighty over 87 times. Um, and he's you, not even the only character to say Charles in this movie. You can very easily look up a supercut of every instance of Charles Seriously? in this movie on YouTube. Wow. I found it. I didn't watch it because I don't, don't need, need that in my life. You don't need to. <laughs> but, yeah, I didn't bother counting because you, you are correct. The repetition is incredible. But... Um, I think there is some justification for it, not 100%, mm-hmm. but um, when we get into Alec Baldwin's character, um, things like that, saying people's name, um, that's a sales tactic in yeah. some ways. And if you're lying on top of that, uh, I could totally see someone unconsciously saying someone's name over and over and over again to like secure your position with them as like, I'm on your side, I like you, you're a good person. Want to buy a yacht? (laughs) Baldwin, uh, he's had an interesting career because he definitely has movies where he gives just great performances. And I think he's funny as shit. I think he's hilarious. Uh, 30 Rock is a good show, but anytime he's on screen, he just just brings it up. And I think that this is probably one of my favorite performances by him. Uh, I think he, 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 this is a really good character for him to play. Oh, Uh, yeah. No, he does it really well. And he, he has... His role is much more demanding than anyone else in the cast, actually. Very much. Um, like, he is asked to do some pretty heavy shit in this movie. He does a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, so, when we're, we're, we have gifts for Charles. And yeah. as a kid, I always thought that these gifts sucked. But rewatching it, I'm like, I love these gifts. These are great. Um, he gets a pocket watch, um, like the old school with the chain uh, from Kinda his wife. Kind yeah. uh, There's an inscription... Uh, uh, like an engraving on the back. Um, I don't think he reads it right now, but she just mentions it. Uh, he also gets a new pocket knife, which is this is a really good pocket knife too because it locks. Which is I have 
a pocket knife right now that doesn't lock, and I've nearly sliced my finger off a, a few times <laughs> trying to do stuff. I'm like, it's actually uh, this is a good pocket knife. Um, yeah, and Alec there, Baldwin gives him the knife. Yeah, um, and uh, LQ points out that give the man a coin. Yeah, because yeah, apparently there's a tradition if you give a if you give someone a knife, they need to give you a coin, otherwise it like fractures the relationship or something. Um, um, needs to be said here that uh, when uh, we're first pulling up to the lodge, just like when uh, we were loading up the plane, we get a lot of shots of Anthony Hopkins um, keying in on instances where his, his woman is being moved in on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alec Baldwin is like like shoulder checking her like in a playful manner when yeah. they're in the lodge, like bantering and stuff. And we get a shot of Anthony Hopkins' face noticing those. <laughs> I mean, because this isn't this isn't Beetlejuice or Malice Alec, Alec Baldwin, where he was just a, a dream hunk, but he's aged gracefully, and he's right at that. He's at that. I hate to na- say it, but his a uh, his slightly lighter hair and this way it's styled, he looks a little like Stephen. He does like look. Steve- a little like- <laughs> he looks a little Stephen Baldwinish. He in has this. a few. He has a few moments. I think it's the close-ups on his face where he he kind of looks like Stephen a bit more. At, at the end, there's yeah. Don't tell yeah. me what to do. Um, that scene, he kind of looked like Stephen. Um, but there's there's this look that um, he his exchanges with Anthony Hopkins. Oh, when he gives him the knife and he says thank you, and he gives him the coin. Yeah, his face, he looks so butthurt. Um, there was the moment he's like an amazing uh, when he talks about the the paddle. He's like an amazing accomplishment. He's like, no, no, it's not an accomplishment. Just you know, just read about it and Alec Baldwin's like, oh, is that so? Um, he gives uh, Charles this look at one point, and just in this one look, you can see everything that he hates Charles. He loathes him. Um, I think that Alec Baldwin is uh, his character has been. Um, he's good looking. Um, he's aggressive. Um, probably got a boss hog. He's just used to everything going well for him, and he's finally met somebody who he should be better than. Like he's bigger. He's better looking. Um, he's successful, I'm guessing, as a photographer. He's doing well. But Charles is not the same kind of successful. He's far more successful because he's much more. He's much smarter than Alec Baldwin. And there's just this one look where you can tell that he hates his fucking guts. Just hates him. Yeah, yeah it's a theme that carries on throughout the movie in terms of his characterization. That's It's very effective because mm-hmm. he has this massive chip on his shoulder um but he's also all too aware of uh of his advantages i guess Mm -hmm. and in fact like towards the end of the movie he even says i've never done anything and i think it hangs over him where he's Mm -hmm. he's all too aware of that and yet he's still spiteful and scornful of others who who have accomplished like even when uh lq mentions that he would be out there hunting bears like you can tell that alec baldwin's like i don't hunt bears but I still kind of hate you for being awesome. <laughs> I think that if you were to look at like ma- think about it in like uh, in terms of masculinity, um, mm-hmm. absolutely, you have a you have a spectrum here of um, LQ who is very successful and he's very manly. Like he's 
he's a bear hunter. Like he's got a cabin out in Alaska. He's and, got a giant scar on his face. Yeah, he's. And manly. he talks about sighting in his rifle. <laughs> like, and then Anthony Hopkins on the other end of the spectrum of masculinity, he is extremely financially financially successful, which is the top. These are the top tier on the two the two spectrums. Not to say that mm-hmm. one is better than the other, but. Alec Baldwin is smack dab in the middle, where he's neither he's neither manly nor is he excessively wealthy, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, like you said, like he he kind of uh, when he mentions he would have been bear hunting, he's kind of like yeah, I I haven't really done anything. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think this takes us to the the morning of mm-hmm. when we're doing the photo shoot, which looks uh, cold as hell. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it looks. I mean, I know photo shoots often are very uncomfortable, um, but yeah, I mean, this is Alaska, and yeah. we're in skimpy outfits. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Elle's posing; they're taking photos, and again, Alec is bantering with her. And uh, <laughs> of course, it's Alec Baldwin, so he puts on a, a British accent. It's a it's a stellar accent, <laughs> like yeah. just just for shits and giggles. Um, I think this is where uh, LQ and and Hopkins have a have a yeah. little exchange so like they it starts off as like a, a heart-to-heart chat and then uh it quickly turns into a sales pitch but yeah in between all this um Alc baldwin and this is the scene that i mentioned earlier um where he throws a, a shit fit and about the a, shoes this is a huge demonstration of his character because he's throwing a shit fit over the most minor of details and he's chewing out Steven and making making a huge scene and making it awkward for everyone. And yeah, it's just over like some shoes that haven't been polished or something. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins says, uh, you know, you can use a banana peel to shine shoes. And he looks at Steven like, you should know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, the quote I wrote down for Alec Baldwin when he's talking about the shoes is, this is lame. This is really fucking lame. <laughs> this is lame. This is really fucking lame. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, the the exchange between LQ and and uh, Charles, Charles. <laughs> is a is a very interesting. I like the way it played out because mm-hmm. they're they're like talking about the wilderness and and like the beauty of this location and its isolation and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like LQ just like sidles on up to him and pulls out like a, a like a, a spec drawing. Oh. Of, they- this yeah, these are like legit plans. Like this yeah. is uh, he's <laughs> he put some money into this. Well, I'm assuming that this happens a lot to people who are really wealthy. You just get people like if they get a minute alone with you, they take their like, opportunity. Like, hey, I got a sales pitch for you. And I'm sure he's used to it at this point. Um, he does a pretty good job of tricking him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he has a layout. He wants to LQ wants to turn this little cabin into like a resort yeah like a, a lakeside resort but i really love uh charles's uh reaction to this because mm-hmm. as soon as it becomes clear what's happening he like actually physically removes himself from the seating area and just like walks away basically he's like i thought this was a friendly talk but i guess not yeah and it shows that he has zero patience for like pretenders and liars mm-hmm. and people that want to take advantage of him and it's it's again an ongoing theme with his character that he's because of his wealth he's forever suspicious of other people mm. and he's 
it's uh, insecurity, I guess, in his character, but it's necessary. I would be too if I had a billion dollars. Like, well, yeah, no, you. It'd be very difficult to trust other people for, yeah. you know, valuing you as a person as opposed to what you what you can provide and what you, you know, the opportunities you can present. Um, real quick, I had this written down on my first page. I want to say it before I forget. The bear that's in this movie is Bart the Bear, who is yeah. also in Legends of the Fall with Anthony Hopkins. Oh, so they have their best buddies. Yeah, they're best buddies. <laughs> um, so moving along, Alec Baldwin, uh, he's getting he's getting kind of upset here because he he's like, we're gonna go take the plane basically to go get a picture of this Native American guy, and uh, he he's sitting there next to El uh, El McPherson. He's just like, see, you almost have to go back. You're like, see this guy now. This is a guy with some character in his face, and she just kind of like goes off and starts talking to Anthony Hopkins. Um, and Alec Baldwin goes up. He's kind of insulted her, but uh, Alec Baldwin goes up to LQ, and he's like, where's this guy at? I want to go take a picture of him. And he's like, Bear Lake, it's like 80, or it's not Bear Lake, but it's like 80 miles from here. Yeah. Um, he uh, he manages to get the pilot to take him, and um, Anthony Hopkins wasn't going to go, actually, uh, but because of his unpleasant exchange with uh, LQ, um, Alec Baldwin's like, hey, do you want to go with us? And he's like, yeah, that's probably best. Uh, yeah. It's a little awkward right now. Yeah. 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 Um, and then they're, they're flying along, and uh, the conversation between Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin is good. Um, they, do, you, do you want to mention no, it? No, you, you, you take this. Okay. Um, <laughs> he, Alec Baldwin talks about his money quite a bit, which if you ever meet somebody who's super rich, don't talk about their money. I don't yeah. – I feel like it's very, it's rude. It's it's very rude because yeah. It, when when you meet someone with a glass eye, you probably shouldn't lead with that. <laughs> with that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I will cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's. <laughs> there you go. Got Wayne's World too in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he he's like all that money, and he's like uh, he mentions something about what people value you for, and Anthony Hopkins. Who's a little, I guess a little passive aggressive, but he's like, "What do you value me for, Bob?" And he's like, "I like your style, and I think your wife's pretty cute." And uh, he's like, oh, "Okay." He's like, "So how are you planning to kill me?" And I think it was supposed to be, it was like fifty-fifty, like a joke, but also Anthony Hopkins is like calling him out, like, "I can see past your bullshit, dude. I know yeah. that you're not sincere." And Ella Baldwin gives him a look, like, "How the fuck did you know?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a weird it's. It's an uncomfortable exchange. Yeah, um, or maybe he's just so flabbergasted by, like, why would you say something like that? But my favorite line, in the, one of my favorite lines in the movie... Um, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. They, this is, I, we completely missed it. Um, they there go are two, to, there are two plane rides. There are two plane rides. The first yeah. plane ride, they get to um, the, guy's, the Native American gentleman's cabin, and he's gone. He left a note on his uh, front door. Gone out, bear hunting. Out bear hunting at this lake. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, Elk Baldwin asked the pilot, how far away is this? He's like, another 20 miles. So they're going to be getting close to 100 miles away <laughs> from where they're supposed to be, which is bananas. Um, and Anthony Hopkins had read in the book about a deadfall. Um, deadfall is just a pit, probably about five or six feet deep. Um, and it has a bunch of wooden spikes at the bottom to basically trap a bear. And Elk Baldwin comes up and he's like, and he's like, uh, and I was like, be careful. 
be careful of the deadfall. And uh, he's like, what's a deadfall? And I'm like, foreshadowing. Yeah, um, that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, so they decide they're going to... Uh, I like uh, Alec Baldwin's relationship with Steven. I think it's the only person that he is actually sincere with because um, he, he kind of like does a little grab ass and with him. Um, and this is where they get back in the plane and yeah. he's like, what do you value me for? How are you going to kill me? And then all of a sudden the pilot goes, Oh fuck, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> the timing is pretty great. It's so good. Um, they run into um, a flock of geese and it just, it just destroys the plane. Yeah, so this is a propeller-driven plane. Yeah. And uh, when a large animal, like a goose, goes into the propeller, uh, thing bad things can happen. Uh, so, yeah, we get a couple of exploding geese. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A couple of them go through the, uh, the windshield. And, uh, yeah, severe engine trouble. Uh, they end up having to put the plane down in a lake. Uh, the crash sequence is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's maybe... There are only two or three effect shots in this entire movie that don't hold up. Um, one of which is during the crash. Uh, we get a weird composite shot of the plane and the geese. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it just yeah. looks weird. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look bad. It just looks weird. Um, Luckily, it's it's quick, so you don't get much time to spend on it. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the plane goes down into a lake. And uh, again, we get some character building moments here. Uh, I, I love this style of storytelling. It's all it's all visual. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of looks exchanged. A lot of body language. Uh, so what I mean by this is when we're in the water with our characters, pilot dies on impact. Um, Anthony Hopkins is shown like checking to see if he's alive. His eyes are wide open. He's not moving. I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> um, Alec Baldwin kicks out the window and goes straight for the surface. See, it's actually Alec Baldwin who checks the pilot. For, he's the one that checks the pilot. And then really? he just goes, he, he doesn't check his friend, he checks the pilot, he realizes the pilot's dead, then floats up. And yeah, then but he, does, he doesn't pay any mind to Stephen nope. or Charles. Nope. He goes straight to the service. Charles, on the other hand, immediately goes to Stephen, who is trapped. Um, I think he can't get his window open or his, his seatbelt is stuck or something. He's panicking, yeah, he's not he's yeah, not. He focusing. can't get his window open, but yeah, uh, Charles uh, has, has enough in his mind going where he uh, he manages to secure a satchel of stuff and he frees steven and everybody gets to the surface and i really loved um when we first come out of the water yeah so we get to the shore and immediately uh we do cpr on steven who's got water in his lungs and is passed out uh, fastest CPR in the world, by the way. <laughs> fastest, um, cleanest CPR in the world. The shot but, where they're actually coming out of the lake, like you have Alec Baldwin at the surface, and you see in the distance that Anthony Hopkins comes up. Um, I like the choice of the camera angle here. It's not very high up. It's actually like a very, very close shot on Alec Baldwin. Um, I like these kind of water shots. It, it just seems a little more eerie to me. Um, well, we also get the mountains and the trees in the background. It very just much. Emphasi- it emphasizes the remoteness yeah. of their location, and it's yeah. eerie. Yeah, very eerie. Um, and also, the lake is entirely empty. Like, there's mm-hmm. no signs of life whatsoever. Um, so we we revive Stephen, and then we get this panic moment where Alec Baldwin decides to fireman carry him deeper, like away from the water, for yeah. no real reason. And then he collapses, and he's like hyperventilating. But what I really liked about this scene is uh, once everyone's mostly got their shit together and Steven's no longer in danger of 
dying or whatever the cold mm-hmm. uh the shivering and just the the cold and the panic that's going through everyone except for charles is palpable like like you alec baldwin is selling the shit Shaking. out of the if the I mean, they just I came out they, of the fucking water in the Alaska wilderness. They're freezing cold. I think they legit did. I mean, they did come out of the lake, but I think they shot this shortly after being in the water because he, he, it looks pretty legit, him shaking. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, everybody's soaking wet, and they're like trying to light a match, and his the close-ups on Alec Baldwin's hands try, just trying to strike a match. It's like an epic struggle, and just the combination of them being covered in water and really good use of sound we get mm-hmm. like ambient wind noises and it again emphasizes how alone they are yeah it's just like oh it's just us in the cold right now <laughs> um yeah so they um so anthony hopkins super genius he is they're, they're just trying to get a little fire going after they uh, get steven back to life and He's he's trying to conserve their resources, so all they have is a couple of matches that were in um, Alec Baldwin's little cigar case, and he's using a little bit of kindling to get this going. And the wind got to it, and it just it's just not happening yet. So Alec Baldwin's like, "Let's stop fucking about, shall we?" And he pulls out a flare. Now uh, that satchel that Anthony Hopkins grabbed um, has some flares in it. And he tries to reason with them, like, "Hey, we we might need those." And they're just too cold. He's not he's not having it. And he just he in gets that the situation, fire I think it was the right move. It was. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly. But it it also shows you the characters. Like Anthony Hopkins is trying to be really smart about this and conserve their resources. Alec Baldwin's like he's not understanding the predicament that they're in just yet. yet. Yeah. Um, and I think after we get the fire going, is a. We somehow get through the night without incident. Um, yeah, they make it through. <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of a funny cut because we we see them at like at twilight with the fire going, and then it's morning. Everybody's dry and everybody's healthy. Okay, um, then we get a moment where um, they're discussing their options. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, are people going to be looking for us? Where should we be when they're looking for us? If they're looking for us, and then. Uh, the subject comes up about uh, where they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. and they say, "Oh, well, I mean, they'll they'll go to the native guy's house because LQ knows him, and they know where we went. And then they'll, you know, they'll see the note, and they'll see that oh, on that note it says went to Bear Lake to bear hunt. So they'll, you know, come to the conclusion that that's where we went, and then they'll come here, and we'll be safe. Then Alec Baldwin just pauses and pulls the note out of his yeah. coat. It's like, why did you?" Why did you take the note, you dumbass? I, I like Anthony Hopkins. Uh, I like his response. He goes, ah. He's just like, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's like, looks like we're walking out of here. Um, yeah. And then uh, I think this is when the, the needle trick comes into play. The one that you had mentioned when we did our very first recording about the movie Predators. I'm assuming this is a survival technique. I'm, I, I believe this is probably legit. Um, but they don't explain it at all in Predators. Which no. is why I'm like, you. There was a couple of instances in that movie, I'm like, you need to have seen The Edge, or whoever directed that had seen The Edge. Because that's the only other time I've seen it in a movie, is here. They use the, the needle trick, the. Um, it, it's going to f- face north, basically. You throw um, 
You take a, a metallic needle, you rub it on silk, and it magnetizes it, and you place it on a leaf, and it faces north. <laughs> Perfect. And again, I, I, your um, your Charlie Sheen impression on Three Musketeers episode, just just great. I, I, got, I, a, I, I got a knack for Charles. That, that was good. That was good. And that was a pretty good Anthony Hopkins as well. So um, the it works, and uh, he's like, all right, north is uh, this. Go for it. Important point here. Um, so they're looking for a metallic needle. Mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins says oh, yes. he would use his pocket watch. However, it's damaged and it's not working. And he asks Alec Baldwin, "May I see your watch, Bob?" And he says, "Oh, he doesn't even look at it. He just says, oh, mine's broken too.' He literally broken just he he broken like broken glances crash. at it real quick. He goes, "Mine's broken." Yeah, he too. doesn't even pull his sleeve up. He just like lifts his arm briefly, and, he, and you can tell you can see the mental math happening. Where he's like, oh, I should do that. Um, yeah, uh, it's broken. <laughs> uh, so." believe they use a paper clip instead mm-hmm. um but yeah so they so it works and uh <laughs> they start and walking the plan is to head south towards a peak yeah they're they're looking for the river and they're like i think that yeah. the river's the river is south we get yeah. to the river and it, <laughs> alec baldwin has this moment where he's holding a stick and he's like <laughs> holding his arms like... out and he says that doesn't feel south charles yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter it has to be yeah. Um, so they go walking. Um, yeah, and they're bantering, and actually, the atmosphere is pretty upbeat at this yeah. point. Like they're having a good time. In the woods. I mean, you've still like you've still got enough like carbs and fat in your system to. You might be hungry, but you're gonna be able to walk for a while. You've just survived a plane crash with maybe a few bruises. Like I'd be feeling pretty good too. Like yeah, like I'm feeling optimistic. No, I mean, Let's. <laughs> Yeah. Feel pretty invincible right now. Yeah, pretty good. Um, <laughs> see so you, things other people can't see. Do things other people can't do. So there's um, a bit of bantering, um, and Alec Baldwin actually um, asks Anthony Hopkins. He's like, "Is it just my imagination?" Or but before we crashed, did you ask how was I planning to kill you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't remember what he says back to him, um, but he's just like. He's like, well, why not? Like, you you like my wife and my money. And he's like, why not just kill me? And uh, Elk Baldwin says, is like, if I wanted to kill you, I, I like, I'd still need you to get out of here, you like dumbass, like you stupid son of a bitch. Like, um, trying, yeah. I, that is what he says. But the first thing he says in response to Anthony Hopkins, like saying, yes, that is what what I said. Uh, Charles, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hans, booby. Yeah, Hans. <laughs> Booby, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> white knight. It is, yeah. He is Ellis. He's Ellis. That's he's, yeah. He's he's, he's basically Ellis. He's a salesman. Yeah. If uh, only he had a coke habit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. That's my name. Um, he probably does have a coke. Ha- he yeah. He says doing lines off of uh, off of hooker uh, strippers' oh, yeah, asses yeah, or he, models' he, asses. He doesn't or have a coke habit, but he does indulge. He does indulge. Yes. Yes. Um, so. I think we get um, a little bit of grab ass in between Alec Baldwin and Steven when we hear a roar. And yeah, uh, another good line in there. Um, I didn't write down the whole thing, but... Uh, Bear our feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Late in homosexuality, other good stuff. <laughs> we'll all get into a hot tub and talk about our feelings. Bear our feelings. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. Was a, that was a pretty good... Uh, like, Again, David Mamet. You know. A whole stew of money and latent homosexuality. Yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> yeah, it's, he's it's like, what? Line. Where'd that come from? Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, yeah so the, the bear announces itself. The bear announces itself. Uh, Steven hears it and they stop and then he comes into he comes into frame and he's got this lower lip. It just it's droopy lower lip. <laughs> and um, Alec Baldwin and Steven just take off and Anthony Hopkins hasn't moved and he's just staring he at him. Does what LQ told him actually. Yeah. And he so walks away slowly. Like, stare at him, make sure he knows that you see him, and back away slowly. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> then Alec Baldwin just gives the first of many, Come on! Come on! <laughs> and they're hauling ass through the woods, and they hear they hear water. They hear a stream of some kind. And um, they get over there, and um, I think Anthony Hopkins is the one that notices that there's a, a tree that's down. And he rallies the gang. Um and they managed to get it to go across the water. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of elements in this story. This is an adventure film. Very much. what I would classify it as. Um, it's not a survival film so much as it is an adventure film. I would call The Grey a survival film. That's about endurance. This is about adventure. Um, so there's a massive distinction there in that things come together in this movie that, that wouldn't in a film like The Grey. No. Um, so there's a lot of, you know plot conveniences that you need to just wave off and mm. this is one of them where uh they come they like build the fastest fulcrum ever devised yeah where uh, the way they do this is yeah anthony hopkins sees like a tree that's in a it's a, like exactly the right length to bridge the gap between these rock outcroppings or whatever mm-hmm. and then uh he has steven and bob uh push this tree and then anthony hopkins like slides an additional slightly smaller tree underneath it to, 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 it. to yep. create like a, a fulcrum to push it over. It's yeah. like, how the fuck did you come up with that? <laughs> uh, which um, leads us to some pretty cool stunt work of them crossing this tree bridge. Yeah, uh, it looks like Stephen did it. Uh, I think he did. It looked legit. He quickly, like he just goes straight across. Uh, yeah, I, actually, everything about the scene looks genuine like it looks legit uh very beautifully shot nice mm-hmm. crane shot of him crossing the bridge the only exception being anthony hopkins's stunt double yes sticks out much. like a sore thumb <laughs> very much yes. and it looks like the snl version of sean connery <laughs> it does, <laughs> it does. <laughs> that is perfect um that's pretty good yeah he has a little he has a little uh mishap on the bridge uh where he has He's carrying the satchel with all the survival goodies in it. And Charles gets halfway across the, the bridge, but uh, Bart the bear, uh, he starts finagling the, the tree bridge and shaking it like a jackass. Like he's like he's doing a chicken fight on the school playground or something <laughs> on mm-hmm. the balance beam. And uh, Charles takes a bad step. Uh, he slips, and he's hanging from a branch on the tree, and he's got his legs in the river. It's not a good situation. No. Um, um, he ends up losing the satchel um, and falling on, into the river. He I, does he lose this? I don't think he loses the satchel. He oh yeah he does lose the satchel. You're absolutely right. He does. Yeah. Um, and he falls in the river. Um, the bear's like he he sees him hanging on the log and the bear starts shaking it. Yeah, like I can say he's doing the yeah. chicken fight thing where you you stomp on the other end of the balance beam to fuck the other guy up. <laughs> and and bears are pretty smart. I just read a fact that bears have been known to throw rocks into bear traps. Like they're oh able- shit. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So 
I would say if the first time I watched this, I'm like, that's not that bear's not going to do that. The bear might actually do that. They they might be smart enough to actually know. No, I um, I had no issue with that. But holy shit, bears throw rocks. I want to see a bear throw a rock. Yeah. Um, uh, there's this really neat picture if you can find it online it is a bear that's lost its hair (laughs) and it's I think I have a theory that that's where werewolves that's where like werewolf folklore kind of came from because if you see it it looks like what a werewolf looks like it's really terrifying see I I thought it was going to look like uh, the bear from the great outdoors the bald bear (laughs) the bald headed bear with the uh, with the baboon butt, so bears can run tw- like much much faster, nearly three times as fast as humans can over short distances. Yeah, absolutely. How, however, I th- I've read that bears have difficulty going downhill, which comes into play later. Comes into play. It's one of the one of the two or three bad effects in the movie. Um, I I'm not positive about that, but I do believe that bears have trouble going downhill. Um, but so yeah, they get away, but they're wet again, which I would be fucking furious if oh, I got wet yeah. again at this point. Because I mean, getting wet sucks if you're in if you're in regular dry clothes. But in extremely cold cold water, I don't know if you've had that before, or you've been oh, submerged. Yeah, it's terrible. It's one of the no, worst I, feelings. It's again one of those things that has to be hand waved away in this movie because mm. there are a few instances of them getting wet again that should be like catastrophic. It'd be like. You are going to die from this. Well, there's there's a couple of scenes where Anthony Hopkins gets in the water. I'm like, what the fuck are you yeah, doing? Yeah, he, he walks like ankle deep into the water. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you insane? Like, you like, can do you know how precious your fucking socks are? Yeah, like, <laughs> seriously. Um, so they, they get away and um, they manage to... They're still Anthony, walking. They, they, yeah, Anthony Hopkins is extremely grateful to both of them, especially mm-hmm. Bob for... Mm-hmm. He, there's repetition of him saying, like, you've saved my life. And Alec Baldwin tries to, like, hand wave it away. And, yeah. and Charles uh, emphasizes it. It's like, no, you legit saved my life. And I'm thankful for it. Um, and there's an interesting moment where he, uh, there was a quote that got tossed out there. It's uh, the reason why people die in the woods is shame. They die of shame. They die of shame. And uh, after having lost the satchel, Anthony Hopkins for the first time in the movie the first time in the movie we see him muttering to himself about I lost the flares like I, I you know I, that, I can't abide that that's terrible and the other two guys are like you know like didn't weren't you the one telling us that shame and self-doubt is what kills people out here mm-hmm. and it's an interesting character moment where it's like ah he's he's starting to crack a little bit too mm-hmm. um, and he yeah it takes him a bit to let it go um, and then we get to the wah wah wah. Uh, so it's a big, it's a big one. It's a big one. So they've they've burned a lot of calories walking. Um, fresh water. I mean, they managed to get some fresh water along the way. No food. No. And they've food. been hiking all day, like shaking ass up a mountain walking. So they come to a lake, and wouldn't you know it? Anthony Hopkins looks down and he sees the flare that Bob lit up to get the fire going. They did a complete circle and just burnt. They went through getting chased by a bear and then they were yeah. chased by a bear and I believe two nights have passed. I believe yeah, at least that, one that's, night. That's that's about a full day, like a full 24 hours of nothing. Mhm. 
and they get back and they're like, oh man, Anthony Hopkins looks at the, uh, <laughs> at the paper clip <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, ah, oh, maybe it was uh, the belt it was attracted to. And Ellen Baldwin just takes the, <laughs> takes the pin from yeah, him and just throws it. <laughs> he's so he mad. takes this tiny paper clip from him and throws it. And, um, and Steven's character, we haven't really mentioned too much. He's not really, he doesn't keep his composure very well. Um, he's very vocal in how he's feeling in the moment. Alec Baldwin is, he breaks a little bit more. Anthony Hopkins has got a poker face the whole time. He's staying yeah. optimistic. And Bob Bob uses humor to deal with his shit. Like, mm-hmm. that's, like, his witticisms come out when he's tense. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't help but be snappy when he's upset or tense. And Whereas Steven, just, if he's like, what are we going to do? If that's what he's thinking, that's what he's saying. He's freaking out. Yeah. Um, and he, he starts having to freak out with Elk Baldwin, and Elk Baldwin's like, calm down. He pushes him, and Elk Baldwin's just like, i got to step away. Like, this is getting out of hand. So Anthony Hopkins is like, we're going to get out of here. And he's like, we don't have anything to eat. And he's like, here. He gives him a knife, and uh, he's like, here, start making a spear. And he's like, you want me to make a fucking spear? Like, it's just, oh, he's so angry. Um, but it's smart, Anthony Hopkins. Like, he needs to get his mind off of this. It'll give him something to do. He's freaking out, so... Let him make a spear, and Alec Baldwin goes over to talk to uh, Anthony Hopkins, and they're chatting back and forth, and Stephen is careless with the knife and slices his leg. Yeah, how the fuck did he do that? I think what he was doing is he's sitting down, uh, um, like on his knees, and I think he was he was whittling, so he was scraping this way, and sliced his leg open like how not, do not, you fuck that up <laughs> i don't think it was a puncture i think he actually sliced no, it, it, it was a slice but yeah to to quote william hurt how <laughs> do you fuck that up <laughs> well it, 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 in his defense he was very upset like his like you gotta think like ever been in, like close to a car wreck or something like that where you're like adrenaline is pumping and you're freaked out and you're kind of kind of hazy a little bit you're not quite tethered to reality and i think this is where he's at so he's not really paying attention to well, what he's what's doing and ironic about it is that the whole reason why anthony hopkins gave him the knife and told him to make the spear is just to give him something to do yeah just something tangible to focus on as opposed to the existential dread of being lost in the woods yeah and, <laughs> good job <laughs> They are dressing the wound. Steven has stabbed himself in the leg, and it's bad. Like, it's a pretty bad, bad cut. Um, did you notice how thin his pants were? Yeah, I did. Insanely. And I can't tell what kind of pants Alec Baldwin's wearing. He, they almost look like sweatpants. Yeah, they're kind of poofy like that. But I, I think, I mean, it's it's a small detail, but I'm guessing the reason Steven's pants were like that is so they could tear it on screen. Yeah. Easily. Um, but I just know growing up, in like Indiana in the winter time, um, it having like really thin layers like that, like just kind of made me like, oh god, that sucks because I'm sure he's freezing out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you don't have long johns on underneath there, geez. Um, but yeah, so he they did not. <laughs> so Charles, like, he's very good at keeping composure in moments like this because it's like, am I gonna lose my leg? He's like, it's all right, it's gonna be fine. And they they dress his wound, and um, there's a really he has a, there's a really bloody piece of cloth and um Alec baldwin or, or anthony hopkins tells bob to hey go bury this and Alec baldwin runs off and um they come back to and uh um what's his face uh steven's sleeping and he's talking to Alec baldwin and anthony hopkins are talking Alec baldwin's having a cigar 
Um, he's a, he smokes, by the way. Um, that also elevates that. That's another element that like can aggravate somebody in a situation like this. Not having nicotine as well. Yeah. Um, but he's smoking, and uh, he's like, "Is he gonna be okay?" He's like, "Yeah, he's gonna be fine." He's like, "Are we actually gonna get out of here?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, um, we're gonna get out of here." And um, they build a fire. They got the fire going, and um, Anthony Hopkins is tending to his wound again, and he's having a nice conversation with Stephen. Stephen's kind of calmed down. He's lost a lot of blood, so <laughs> he's calmed down. Um, and he's just like, "Are we? Are we gonna get out of here?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "How?" And he shows him the constellation. He's like, okay, so you see this star? Like, this is south, so we're going to go this way. Yeah, uh, Cassiopeia, it's a big W. Mm-hmm. He points out which one's the north star, and that one means north. So now we know our directions. Yeah. And we don't need to rely on potentially false needle tricks. <laughs> yes. Um, so all is well, and, um, and the weather kicks in. <laughs> yeah, uh, the note I have, my God, the fucking rain. Oh. Dude. And right, right underneath that though. And how the fuck is the fire still going? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, so they've made like a little shelter out of I forget what this tree is, but it is very good. Um, at my apartment in Seattle, there was one of these trees, um, uh, like on the side of the building, where a guy who lived in the building next door would come out and smoke because, as you know, in Seattle it rains quite a bit in the winter time. <laughs> And yes, yes, the rain cannot get through this tree, and that's the kind of branches that they have. Um, well, their tree isn't as good as yours no, then, because no. yeah, these guys are soaked. And they're <laughs> well, miserable. Yeah, and Anthony Hopkins, like he, they're like, "Are we actually gonna get out of here?" They've asked for the tenth fucking time, <laughs> and Anthony Hopkins goes out and he's like, "Yes, we know that this way is north, and that's yeah," and he sees on the branch. Um, Alec Baldwin did not bury the bloody rag. He just hung it on a limb. and That is a massive fuck-up. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I told you to bury those. And this is the... From childhood, this is one of the scariest things I've ever seen. This is... Um, this this <laughs> whole sequence. Um, do you want to take it? Uh, uh, sure. So, while... Uh while Anthony Hopkins and uh, Alec Baldwin are talking in the rain, um, what prompts the conversation actually is Alec Baldwin notices that Stephen is like huddled against a rock and basically just shivering and in agony. Yeah. And he's asking Anthony Hopkins like, "Is he gonna be okay?" And Anthony Hopkins like assures him, "Yeah, he's it's not that bad a wound. He's just cold. It'll be all right." And I I think he's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, what Steven sees through the bushes and the way the first shot we get of this is beautiful where yeah. it's, it's hazy. It has, I wear glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it, when it rains, uh, I get condensation on my, uh, on my lenses mm-hmm. and it makes it very difficult to see. If you've ever seen Jurassic Park, <laughs> Dennis yeah. Nedry, his glasses, that's, that's what it's like. Um, yeah. And the lensing on this shot is it's, it's hazy uh, there's like condensation on the lens and it's from steven's perspective and you see this bear but you just see his breath by, it's obscured by branches and yes you see it it's breath on the air in this rainstorm and it takes him a second to realize what he's looking at but the instant he does i think he gives an audible oh shit <laughs> yeah so th- actually the the lighting through this is uh really good it's very it's, blue 
it's blue, but it's um, lit by campfire and lightning. Yeah, it's and, gorgeous. And the, it, the way they they use Dutch angles to make the bear more menacing, very mm-hmm. effective. Yes, this is terrifying. So this is the best bear acting I've ever seen. It's really like the Revenant. Um, that's, that's not real bear acting. Exactly. That's a, that's a man in a gray suit. That that's what makes this so good. Is like he, you do get like a comical like him picking him up and throwing a dummy, um, but he gets a hold of his leg and. Steven lets out this scream and he's got like blood on his face and it is it's chilling um, yeah it, um actually uh, what I wrote here on my notes and it's it's an excellent scene all the bear scenes in this movie are excellent really good um, again best best bear acting best bear action on on film as far as I know yeah um, but there's a detail that I, I think would have made it even better <laughs> um, I think it's noted that bears have a habit of like uh, uh, panthers and cougars and lions and tigers, like toying with the food. Uh, most predators go for the jugular. Mm-hmm. It's it's common amongst predators. They they kill their prey. They take it down and and it you know if you get the right spot and yank it right, it's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, bears apparently have a habit of eating things alive. Like they don't care if you're still alive when they're eating you. They're like velociraptors. Yeah. Point is, they're, you're still alive when they eat you. Um, Try show. Uh, Steven stops screaming uh, before. Uh, so Anthony Hopkins and uh, Alec Baldwin both actually try to intervene, mm-hmm. and we get this nice moment where Bart the bear stands up, and he's quite tall, and he bellows right in Anthony Hopkins' face, and he falls over because uh, naturally that's what you do when a yeah. giant bear roars in your face. And it's pretty obvious that they're not armed. They're not ready for this. Uh, they have no way of stopping what's happening. So the two of them take off, and uh, Anthony Hopkins, uh, he shows like human emotion a couple of times in this movie. Um, first instance I can recall is when he falls into the river earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. When he falls, he genuinely looks terrified. Yeah. And when this bear is, is roaring at him, and uh, he's coming to the realization that Steve is dead, Steve is going to die, and he can't do anything about it. He gives this look, and he's got this flaming log that he just kind of, like, limply tosses, and he's just like, Steve. Because he's, like, over Steven, and he's screaming, and then we get the... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Uh-oh. and when... I think it would have been even more effective if Steven was still screaming when they had to leave. Oh, uh, but yeah. they, they cut it off before they leave. Uh, like, Steven is well and truly dead before they leave. It's, um, it's heavy. It's, it's, it's extremely heavy either way. And it's an excellent scene. Uh, really worth seeing, even if you don't see the whole movie. It scared the shit out of me as a kid. Like it's, it's Oh, terrible. I'm sure. <laughs> I think I was just old enough that I was going, cool. <laughs> um, and this, I like this scene that comes up next. We, we cut to, um, we're zooming in. Yeah, and it's, it's a light snow. It's sticking, but it's a light snow. And you have Anthony Hopkins and uh, I'm sorry, um, Charles and Bob. Um, they're just <laughs> Chuck sitting and, on a Chuck rock. and Bob. <laughs> they're just sitting on a rock, and it. I think it's probably like not quite early morning, but like nine or ten in the morning, and they're just dead still, just sitting there. And they're like, I just like are they figuring out what to do? Like they've gone through a plane crash, and they've just watched their friend get eaten alive by a bear. So and it's just cold and like we're not walking today. Like it's we're gonna take that day. <laughs> we're gonna take five. <laughs> we're gonna take five. Um, 
but they kind of start I think they kind of start walking a little bit and uh, um, Anthony Hobbs is like we need to we're not gonna make it unless we get something to eat and mm-hmm. this Alec Baldwin is kind of talking to him like what are we what are we gonna do like he's having that that moment and uh, Anthony Hopkins goes I'm working on that and he's made a squirrel trap uh, and a, a gorgeous squirrel trap by the way I was it's like expert craftsman kind of shit um, and it, it's a I, basket. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a squirrel basket. Um, I, I just rewatched uh, the Revenant a few weeks ago because I, I own it, and I just I'm like, you know what? I'm in the mood to watch it. It's on my on my Amazon, and uh, my favorite my my favorite dialogue uh, scene in that movie is when um, uh, Tom Hardy's character is talking to the, the the young kid, and he talks about the guy in the wilderness seeing God. Mm-hmm. He's like it was a squirrel. <laughs> He's like I ate that some bitch. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just love that. I love that scene. I love that. It's the had, first 4K disc I ever bought. That's well worth it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they catch the squirrel and they are ecstatic. Like they are so yeah, happy. I, lo- so I love their faces when they're like getting ready to rig the trap. They're just like I, yeah, because they're like huddled right next to each other, and you can tell like. They're invested. Well, they're like, pretty close to it too. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they give each other a white guy high five right yeah. after catching the squirrel. <laughs> but, but then uh, a chopper goes by overhead. Yeah, and I've never been lost in the wilderness, but I'm pretty sure that's the greatest sound you could hear. Oh yeah, no, and instantly Alec Baldwin gives. I think he gives another. Come on! <laughs> they haul. I would be hauling ass too. Oh like, yeah, like. This is the last chopper out of Saigon. This thing's like fucking Saigon, eh, Slick? <laughs> I was in junior yeah, high, high, dickhead. dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, yeah, they're they're running. Anthony Hopkins is trailing quite a bit, and we get into a big open field, and they are just too late. Yeah, chopper is long gone. Mm, it's yeah. Yeah, it, good good luck doubling back to get to that squirrel. By the way. Like, good luck finding your way back to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Alec Baldwin just, like, he falls down exhausted. Like, he's just, he's panting, and he's just defeated. And Anthony Hopkins is picking up on it. And <laughs> I don't know if he's just socially awkward or, I think he's just socially awkward. He doesn't understand timing. And he... This is another moment where Bob is furious and Charles just goes, Did you know you can uh, make fire out of ice? <laughs> so funny. And, and just Alec Baldwin just, he's at his wits end. He just fucking loses it. Um, he's like, you fucking make me sick. He's like, basically saying that he's a pompous rich person. He's like, nothing ever bothers you, but he's like, get you in an emergency situation and you blossom. You just bloom. You're, you're doing well, things. This is the whole masculinity issue coming, coming yeah. to the surface where it's like, he's intensely threatened by Charles because this is a guy who already is like one of the, like he's a billionaire in the nineties. He's one of the richest people on the Yeah. A billionaire. Um, being the richest man on the planet and a capable survivalist, that's just too much for one person to handle. This is this is Lex Luthor meeting Superman. Mm-hmm. It's like Lex Luthor can't... He 
can't abide by Superman because Superman, just by being, outclasses him, despite Lex Luthor having wealth, looks, power, everything you can imagine, but just by being, this other person tops him. In Alec Baldwin's case, it's like, not only are you rich, you're also the only only one of the two of us out here who somehow has his shit together and knows what to do. It's like, how? How? <laughs> like, how can you have all of this? Because Anthony Hopkins is much smarter, but he also, I think he's a harder worker. Like, he, he's just, he has a better work ethic because he's, you don't get a billion dollars by being lazy. And I don't think that Alec Baldwin has ever had to try anything. He's never had to try for anything in his life. Like, he's well, just banging a model on the side and he's a successful photographer. No, he's he's getting by in a in a world that allows him to. Yeah. Because if he had been born, you know, several thousand years earlier, he probably would have died. <laughs> no, really. I mean, it's like, it's like me having deficient eyes. Like <laughs> my my genes probably would have died out a long time ago if, if I'd I, been born at a different time. You're like you know, um, I'm gonna go look into that gold rush over there on the west coast. Like, you can't sling guns, dude. You can't see. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, um, yeah, actually, that quote, did you know that you can make fire from ice, is one of the more memorable ones in the movie. And I think he is uh, not very good when it comes to social cues, but yeah. I think it, it's uh, him calling back to uh, giving Stephen the spear-making task. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I give this guy a riddle, maybe maybe he'll fixate on that instead of his dilemma. Um <laughs> Uh, while while Alec Baldwin is throwing this this shit fit, uh, one of the th- the quotes I wrote down was, "What puts you, you off? off? Jews and, and taxes." taxes. Yes, that's the, <laughs> I was the like, best "Oh line. my god, where the fuck did that go?" He was from? sitting on that one for a while. Yeah, he was sitting on that one for a while. But this but, is a real this is a really good scene, and I think Alec Baldwin is good in it. He's he's having a tough time, and finally he's he's having a cry. he's needed this. He's needed a cry. Like he's yeah. He's yeah, having and he cry does cry in the scene. He's got this the runny nose and everything. Like he he sells the fuck out of this scene. And it's good. Actually, I think maybe the best quote in this whole sequence in terms of character building, though, um, came from Anthony Hopkins. And it, it's kind of weird how like they don't make a big deal of it, but uh, he Alec Baldwin challenges him and says like, "Are you dense or something?" and Charles responds with, no, I'm not dense. I just have no imagination. I have no imagination, yeah. And I thought that was very telling because that speaks to his character. It's like he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who daydreams or has or fixates on the kind of things that most people do in the modern world. It's like in term, like if he's presented with a problem, instead of thinking about, you know, the minutia and like all the all the variables he just thinks he just focuses on the problem and how mm-hmm. to solve it well he even mentions later um once he has an issue with bob he's like well why are you why are you helping me he's like eh, challenge i guess um and yeah he, he really does face a lot of the obstacles in this movie as challenges and mm-hmm. that's what keeps him going uh but yeah he like after he says he explains he's like okay how do you get fire from ice and he tells him how to do it, and uh, Alec Baldwin just gets like that that last little bit out. Like he, he cries a little bit more, and finally they're um, they're on the they're on the move again. Um, yeah. The the answer, by the way, is uh, you crush the ice into a lens to create a light beam to create fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so 
this is where uh, I, I believe they go fishing. This is where um, they get to like a little stream or something, and he's like, "We'll go fishing." He's like, "Well, what are we gonna use for bait or tackle? Like, what are we gonna use?" And um, he grabs a piece of gold. Like, he grabs his gold watch. He's like, "Yeah, we'll just use this." So um, we have a. I I love clear like the the clear water shots and there's um i just drove through um, yosemite um this past this summer um that drive is just a clear creek along the whole way and there's a lot of it in um in washington um a lot of just really beautiful scenery but this is just really gorgeous and again he's got his socks wet he's fishing in this stream and it's I don't know how the bear did it, but he's just sitting there and he looks up and the bear is just staring at him. I'm like, that was some sneaky shit. Um, <laughs> Stealth bear. And Anthony Hopkins just he does the same thing. He looks at him right in the eye and just walks back slowly and then he takes off running. And um, while he's running, the bear is just like running through and he's not the bear's knocking through these some branches. Now This is one of the not so good effects in the movie. Yeah. Um, he's knocking, just crushing these branches, and they're pretty like young trees. Um, well, they're they, they're CGI trees. CGI trees. <laughs> um, but he gets back. He gets back to uh, Bob, and they have a fire going. And Bob just kind of like leaned up against the tree, and he's like, "Bob, he's a man killer. <laughs> Bob, he's a man killer. He's been following us the whole time." <laughs> so this is kind of a dumb. I don't. This is a dumb scene. I don't really care for this scene that much, but they start taking the flaming branches and they create a, a fire circle around them Again, as if how are these fires continuing to burn it's I, I, you have to toss that out the window yeah. like in terms of logic but it, it is a question it's like fire doesn't work like that it doesn't work like that unless you've lined like a ring of kindling and you've already got like sticks set up there um the bear does seem to be afraid of fire a little bit um, and I, I'm assuming that's what he's doing. So they have to spend the night um, in the middle of this fire circle, awake the whole time with a bear growling at different spots, assuming yeah. he's just trying to find a way in. Um, uh, so the thing about man killer, um, uh, LQ actually yeah. used the term earlier in the film, and he says that once a once a bear gets a taste of a man and becomes a man killer, uh, he'll do pretty much anything to get another taste of it. Yeah. So the idea that we're trying, the point that we're trying to drive home here is that this bear is fixated on the two of them, and is not going to let them go. No. And so this bear is waiting them out at this point, and mm-hmm. the bear has quite a lot more fat stores in it than these two guys. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the next morning, um, they they go around, and uh, I like I like this sequence. Um, the bears left for some reason. It didn't wait for yeah. the duck. By the way, this is where they resolve to kill the bear. Yes, they're going around picking up the spears. They're they're picking up uh, branches, and um, we get Anthony Hopkins. He's just talking to Bob about stuff. Uh, he's you can tell that well, they have they've been up all night. They haven't had any food yet. They still haven't eaten uh, that we've seen. So I'm assuming they haven't eaten. They're exhausted, mm-hmm. and Anthony Hopkins is a bit frantic right now. Like he's a bit. <laughs> He's kind of loopy. <laughs> yeah, he, I, and I, I've felt like this before, where you're just like you have energy, but you're like exhausted. You can even see it in his eyes when he's, and he says his awesome quote here in a minute. Um, you can tell that it, he looks like he's been up for a couple of days, and 
he's telling, he's giving Bob a pep talk. He's like, we're going to kill the bear. He's like, we're not going to kill the bear. Yes, we are. Yeah, we're, we're going, going to lure him. him. He's like, how, how are we going to lure, lure him? him. <laughs> uh, he cuts his own thumb and he says, blood. blood. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Say it, Bob. I'm going to kill the bear. <laughs> and he shows him how to do it. He says he looks at that that matchbox. He's like, if you take a, a long, very long spear, sharpen it, and you set it into the rock, you let the, the when the bear comes down to attack you, you let its body weight impale it yeah. onto the spear, and that's yeah. the plan. And we have long back and forth. He's he's amped him up, and uh, I feel yeah. like what the, one man can do, another can do. Yeah, <laughs> it is it is pretty good. Like he gets him going. Yeah, like, you're goddamn right. Because today, I've got to kill that motherfucker. It's really, it, it's a good motherfucker. One of my favorite motherfuckers in a movie. Um, so, how do they get... Okay, so yeah, they, what they do is they put the, the, bloody, the bloody handkerchief on the end of the spear, and they're hunting, basically. They've just got the smell of blood in the air, and here comes Bart. It just comes up. So, what we don't know is that they've, um, they've hooked up... Uh, what do you call this thing? It's in... Predator, Predators. Kinda, yeah. Um, it's basically a big rock with spikes on it that's supposed to stab, like, to get the bear. And they've, they're slowly backing up to get him onto a spot. And a little premature here, as you'll see, they, he's like, now! And he hits this thing. The, thing, the thing swings by and just misses the bear. And it loses. So it, it appears to be a stone. So it's like a. It's like a stone wrapped in uh, spears. Yeah. Like, so it's a spiked stone hanging from a rope that swings through this clearing. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it misses. Uh, this trap is a little too elaborate given the resources. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's all this rope and twine and shit coming from? Yeah. And how the fuck did they get a heavy stone up in the air like that? <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, again, you have to throw it out the window. But, yeah, uh, the... The thing, the trap goes right in front of Bart's face, and he just kind of like gives a look, like, <laughs> yeah. And then and, it, uh, it's kind of cool though, because it is swinging, so of course it has to come back. But and at one momentum. point, it does like whack him in the side, um, and he lets out a little yelp. It doesn't look like it pierces the skin though. No. Um, um, so things aren't going well. No. Uh, so they take a fucking dive off a, of, like into a creek bed. Like it's it's a tall dirt hill. Yeah, and this is where the bear's not being able to go down a hill very fast mm-hmm. is where it comes into play because he's like, it's. I'm adorable. glad you noticed that. It's really cute because he's just like, oh, well, I don't know I'm how sure to do he it. Was, he looked like he was getting ready to do a polar bear slide. Exactly, that's what it looks yeah. like. And and he looked like he was about to have a great time. He sl- he slides down and it's really it's adorable. He's just oh, I'm gonna slide and down. It does actually look like Gary Oldman climbing that wall in Dracula. It's, <laughs> it's awkwardly sped up. Uh, it, uh, yeah, they do speed speed it up a little bit, um, yeah. but it gives them some time, and now they're down in the creek with their socks wet again. Um, but <sighs> the reasoning uh, the reasoning is, I think, because this is the only spot with stone, like rocks big enough that can brace the um, that can brace the spear. I don't think there was any spots in the forest where it would either that or they just had to retreat. And yeah. <laughs> they have well, they have they have a bunch of spears down there. They've got like five or six of them. Yeah, ready they to go do down actually. There. No, good point. They do have them rigged up. Um, so now we've get like Bart's not having this. Like he, the bear is really good at like, um, like blocking the the spears. You would think this would be. Like, I've got a spear. I can. It's going to be no problem. He's got to shove it in his mouth. Like no, 
he's a killer. He's 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 pretty good. He's agile. He's you're not just gonna get him. Um, we get some slapping. The, there's one slap in here that the bear does that is just hysterical. I think it, it's the Alec Baldwin slap where he just like bam, but you <laughs> see the bear do the move from behind. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was terrible. And, yeah, and he he goes flying, but yeah. Um, the note I wrote here about the creek bed is a creek bed battle is amazing. Mm-hmm. Again, seeing the bear on screen is just incredible, even though you can often tell that it's acting with stuntmen wielding green fun noodles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are moments where I'm like, that's not even, there's not even spears. It, there, it is done really There's well. no point to the, to the spears that they're, and, off, that they're oftentimes handling. And I, For I the have, safety of the bear, more than likely. I have uh, my dog... My older dog, the, the Border Collie, uh, whenever she has too much energy and we get her going, like messing with her, and like she has her mouth open, she's trying to like get you. That's what Bart's kind of doing in this with yeah. the sticks. It's really cute the way, yeah. the way he, he's doing it. Um, <laughs> but Anthony Hopkins has got him. So he's, he's lured him back, and Anthony Hopkins is heading towards some stones, and he rears back. He gets the the spear in place and woof, the bear comes down and dies pretty much instantly. But Get, gets impaled and dies. He lands right on Anthony Hopkins, um, and Alec Baldwin walks over and he. It looks as though Anthony Hopkins is dead because he's just laying there with his eyes wide open, and Alec Baldwin has this this moment where he thinks he's dead, and I don't know what could be going through his head at that moment, like. This is the guy that has gotten him this far and is the one that's going to get him all the way out. So there's, I think there's a moment of like, this is kind of what I wanted, but at the same time, I'm doomed. So, mm-hmm. fuck. But Anthony Hopkins <clears throat> comes too, and this is this is kind of funny. Like they just lay there for a minute, like not even excited. They just lay against the bear, yeah, like, kind of in shock almost. Like, I can't believe we just fucking did that shit. Oh yeah, I mean it's like surviving the plane crash. It's kind of like a feel kind of invincible now moment. And oh. now they have bear meat and bear yeah. armor. Yeah, <laughs> um, bear armor. Seriously, uh, bear armor. Seriously, no. where is all this twine and like sewing kits coming from? Uh, this has got to be pretty great because they've got meat. They they're like we finally killed this fucking bear. Um, and generally in a movie like this where the bear is chasing you it would be like the climax of the film um but this isn't actually this is um, a a speed bump but uh they managed to they managed to like dress the bear uh they got his this pelt ready to go they probably stayed the night there you know like stayed the night then stayed the next day ate some more let the pelts dry up and now they're on the move again and it is fucking winter. Like it is, it is yeah, snowing it is outside. Snowing everywhere. Yeah. Um, and th- they're running. They're walking along the river, some kind of creek, and then they come to um, a hunting lodge, basically. But it's just like a single cabin hunting lodge up on stilts, and it looks awesome. It looks great. Yeah. Um, awesome set. And I, I would have to imagine for them, like that's got to be one of the greatest feelings in the world. Like after you've killed a bear, like. You, plane crash friends dead killed a bear now we have shelter just having shelter would be yeah tremendous um 
I sound like Joey Diaz. It's tremendous. It's tremendous. Tremendous. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. It's tremendous. Tremendous. So, yeah. They get in, and Anthony Hopkins notices that there is a deadfall. And Alec Baldwin still, he didn't grasp it when they mentioned it. He's like, it's a deadfall. He's like, what? It's a thing to trap bears. Anyway, they get inside, and Alec Baldwin notices a coat. I thought that this was odd that there's a inside this cabin it's pretty much a, it's abandoned nobody's there it had, and as Anthony Hopkins says it hasn't been used in quite some time because it's pretty dusty and there's this jacket did you notice the jacket that's hanging yeah. it he, looks a lot more modern than the other equipment in there yeah like the the rifle is a Winchester mm. you know late 1800s I mean it's still produced to this day but like the the stove and the kettle looks very old-fashioned the matchbook, the medical kit. But I just thought it was odd that Bob's character... So he didn't really kill the bear. Like, he helped, but it was Anthony Hopkins. So even more so, Anthony Hopkins has now bested him in something, I'd say, at the epitome of masculinity. He's killed yep. a bear. Yeah. So I think this is a moment where Alec Baldwin, he takes off the bear, uh, the bear pelt, and he puts on just a modern jacket. And I think that might be that 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 shame coming in a little bit, like the the kind of feels emasculated by the whole situation. I didn't uh, earn this. I didn't earn this, so he kind of takes it off and puts on something else. Yeah, that's a good concept. I hadn't thought of that. Um, he he ends up uh, he finds the dude's whiskey immediately. He finds yeah, he goes right for it. Right for it. He grabs the gun immediately, and he's just like, you know, what we need to do find out if that boat floats, if that canoe really floats. Um, He's smoking. He's like, you're going to take the other guy's supplies? Like, he's like, you probably shouldn't do that. And he's like, I'll write him a check. I'll write him a check. He says it two times. Yeah. Um, but Anthony Hopkins is like, they go down, check the canoe. It floats. Alec Baldwin's happy. They're both happy. And Anthony Hopkins, tea? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that would probably be the best cup of tea you've ever had. Like, Absolutely. at that point. It's, it would just be delicious. But... Come to find out, uh, things aren't going to go as well. So yeah. you want to you take it here? Yeah, so the other shoe drops. Um, it's been a long, 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 long time coming. Um, yeah. So Alec Baldwin, uh, we get a shot of him alone sitting with the canoe. He has the, he has the rifle in hand, and he's smoking. Mm-hmm. This man is smoking. Clearly something, clearly something devious is going through his mind. <laughs> um, and he gives a look that tells us something bad's about to happen um anthony hopkins meanwhile is trying to put on a pot of tea mm-hmm. and uh he's trying to look for something to start a fire because there's a stove with mm-hmm. like it's a wood stove it's like made of iron or something and he's looking for something to get the fire going because all there is is just dry wood in there and he, he's looking for like paper or like a flint or just something to get it going and yeah. he can't find anything so he pulls out the uh case that the pocket watch that was given to him uh, by his wife on his birthday he pulls out the case for that and there's a slip of paper in there that we saw when he initially opened the case at the beginning of the movie uh, it says like warranty mm-hmm. and he pulls that out and you know he's like whatever it's paper I'm going to burn it but then there's another piece of paper in there and it's a receipt and on the receipt it has a list of three items there's a knife um, a pocket watch with an engraving and the actual contents of said engraving are written on the receipt and says like to my loving husband you're the best in the world whatever um, and then there's an additional line that says wristwatch 
um, with engraving to Bob from Mickey for all the nights. And (sighs) so, so uh, late night stooping confirmed. If you are married to a billionaire, man or woman, doesn't matter, and you've got a nice side piece that you've been working on for a while, like, you know what, I've been running through this person night after night, I'm going to get them an incriminating gift. Because if <laughs> if Anthony Hopkins wants a divorce, and she's like, I want half your shit, um, actually, I have proof that you've been stooping uh, this other guy, which would pretty much get you nothing um, if you could prove that so yeah that's pretty dumb on her part a little bit a little bit <laughs> but yeah the, uh Alec baldwin is just sitting there and he's yeah, he comes back in the cabin he's like if i'd had my camera out here i would have made my fortune <laughs> made my fortune uh which i'm like I, how there's national geographic photographers they've been doing this shit for decades like what yeah. would you have gotten Bart the um, Bear is a fucking celebrity. You think he doesn't have a fan page or something? <laughs> 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 I mean, it's 1997. The internet barely existed, but it was there. Um, uh, could I see your watch, Bob? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Charles asks, Bob, can I see your watch? And uh, Alec Baldwin keeps dodging the question. He keeps dodging it, but eventually he... he Eventually, it gets sussed out that yeah, mm-hmm. he, I know what you know. I know what you you know what I know, um, and he says a lot of bullshit here. Like he said, he everything he says in the next like five minutes is just bullshit. Yeah, it, it's all it's all just like flimsy attempts to justify his actions. Um, and at one point, he even says like, "You had no business with that broad anyway." Yeah, <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Uh- it's not even like he's in love with her or anything. He's just like he just that, can't he just can't tolerate the idea of this guy being able to have as much as he has. He doesn't think he deserves it. He thinks Alec Baldwin's he thinks that he should be the more, one that's more successful because I don't, I don't even think it's him feeling that he's entitled to more. I think it's just he's threatened by the idea of other people having more. Mm-hmm. Like he's just it just the idea of conceiving of another another human being having that much entitlement and being that good of a person yeah. <laughs> on top of it is just too much for him to bear but he's if you think about the um the position that he's in he's about to if he kills charles he's about to survive like he he knows how to get back now he's just like it's just a matter of yeah follow the river yeah fine. and he's he's in a good position to be right there like it's right there for him to take this is like the ultimate win, I guess, in, yeah. in his mind, anyway. But he's not—he's not, he's not going to get any money unless he's able to lock down uh, Mickey. I think it's her. Is that it? I think it's Mickey. Is well, her name again? I don't think it's a matter of him wanting what he has. It's more he just can't abide the idea of someone else having. Gotcha. It's not okay. that he wants to take it from him. It's just he doesn't like the idea of someone else winning, someone else being better. Um, I just looked at something. Charles Morse, not yeah. Morris. Yeah, it's Morse. Cool. L. McPherson's name in the movie is Mickey Morse. <laughs> Mickey, Mickey Morse. I'm not kidding. It is one that's, letter from Mickey Mouse. That's adorable. I did not know that. Um, so yeah, he, L. Bones like, let's go outside, Charles. Yeah, um, bear in mind, he has the rifle. He has the rifle. He's like, well, you can't do it inside, Bob. Um, <laughs> they they go out and. 
Anthony Hopkins pretty much leads the way, and Alec Baldwin, you can just tell, is a mess. Like, even after having the whiskey, like, he's still, like, not want... He wants to do this, but he can't. And yeah. he... Alec, or Anthony Hopkins leads the way, and... He walks pretty much right past the bear, the uh, the uh, the deadfall. So now they're having an exchange back and forth, and uh, he's like, "You don't have to do this." He's like, "Fucking yes, I do." He's like, "Turn around." He's like, "What? You won't? You can't just do it face to face." And he's like, "You're not gonna turn around." And he's just like, he starts kind of inching towards Alec Baldwin, just very ever so slightly, because he knows that he he doesn't want to. Sh- he's not gonna shoot him. Like he's having mm-hmm. a lot of trouble with this and. Well, Back. I mean, Alec Baldwin even says, you would have died out here if not for me. Yeah, that's it's a like, weird... That is a, a weird thing to say. Yeah. I think he was getting his story. I think he was getting... You would have died out here if it wasn't for me. He's like, I carried him as far as I could. I think he's trying yeah. to get... In, he's trying to convince himself yeah. that he's doing the right thing. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's like, Bob, and once you know it, Alec Baldwin falls back right into the deadfall. And this is the Hannibal Lecter moment where he's just like, be careful of the deadfall. Like, he wasn't going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) He was not going to say that. But, yeah. Um, This is a... I kind of... This is a good scene, and I shouldn't laugh at it, but I had a kind of a chuckle at it. Um, We we come over to the the deadfall, and Alec Baldwin is like, ah, just in a lot of pain. He's like, uh, Charles, I think I broke my leg. And then we pan down, and... The there's a spike. It looks like it's right through his knee. Like it doesn't even look like the thigh. It's like through yeah. the knee. Yeah. It's pretty like, gruesome. I think I broke my leg. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, Bob. Uh, I think you did too. <laughs> but it, it's it's done well because if you were to like fall down and be imp- have your leg uh, impaled by a spike and then hit your head, you'd be like kind of out of it too. Like I think I broke my leg. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah, Anthony, he's I- in shock and. What's interesting about this scene is that um, I actually wrote um, a lesser film would have had Hopkins leave him in the hole. Yeah, but like a lesser he, film would have had him just get in the boat and leave because yeah. the audience would be, you know, it's not uncommon for like an audience to be like, yeah, he got what's coming to him because he's an asshole. It's mm-hmm. like, but he's also a person, you know. <laughs> they could have taken an opportunity to just be have him like Alec Baldwin like down there and just hear like a. <gasps> Like here another yeah, parent. I mean that would be the classic Hollywood end for yeah. a bad guy character or something. Um, but he he goes down there and he grabs the gun and uh, he it looks like he's gonna shoot him, which would have been one hundred percent warranted at this point. Like you could absolutely shoot him, no problem. Yeah. Uh, no, again, the audience would probably be fine with that. And he just he just pumps the round right out of it and. Um, he somehow manages to get him out. How did fuck did he get him out? I don't know. He Alec had Baldwin's to... not a small guy. No. He he weighs a good 210, 215, I'd say. Like he's, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. Um he, but he gets that was him a pretty in... deep hole too. Uh Alec, I this might be one of the best Alec Baldwin performances cuz he gets him um onto the table inside and I I like just he, I like how he's just like, oh, Charles, I'm not feeling so good, Charles. Yeah. Charles, I'm just, oh, I just do not feel good at all. Like, he's just, yeah. just, just yammering on. And um, uh, Anthony Hopkins saw that when he was looking for Kindlin, he saw that medical book. And he goes into the medical book and uh, gives Alec Baldwin a little bit of whiskey just to, to drink. And I think he puts him on the wound. And he's like, Alec Baldwin's yeah, just sitting there yammering. And yeah, he puts a tourniquet on with a belt. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, yeah. loosens it 
because you know you got to every once in a while but uh <laughs> Alec baldwin remark remarks like like oh i guess i don't have too much of that left <laughs> like he tries to loosen the tourniquet like he tries to loosen squirt. it and the blood squirts out so he's like maybe not that <laughs> maybe <laughs> not right time. now <laughs> it's like uh, i guess there's only so much of that stuff uh but yeah we we cut away from that scene though with charles just reading a book well, he tries to. He's he needs to put pressure on it, and he needs Ella Baldwin's help. He's like, "Here, sit up. I need you to help put pressure on it." And he starts to scream, and then he puts pressure on it, and he just writhing in pain, and yeah, he passes he out. Yeah. He, he passes out from the pain. So, yes, we do cut to uh, Anthony Hopkins just just reading the book, like just <laughs> trying to figure yeah, out what to do. <laughs> Again, no imagination. <laughs> <It's just> no. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but so yeah, now. Uh, some little bit of times passed. He he wakes up. Bob. He's like, "We're gonna get you out of here." So he he gets him into the canoe, and he's got them all bundled up. And it's just Anthony Hopkins. Beautiful, beautiful scenery through here. Just just yeah. paddling through, and um, they have a little some exchanges in the, in the canoe. And um, Elk Baldwin's like, "You know, I'm not feeling so hot." He's like, "Let's we'll get you to shore. Get a fire going." Um, and Bob's not feeling so good at this point. And <laughs> He's only told us about 20 times at this point. Uh, he he says uh, he says something to Anthony Hopkins. He's like, "Oh, you wouldn't have done it." And I don't think he would have done it either. He was too he was too stressed out. Like he he didn't want to do it. But he's like, "You wouldn't have killed me." And Hook Baldwin says, "Yes, I would have. You stupid son of a bitch." <laughs> Such a good line. <laughs> Because he's kind of mad when he, cause he doesn't have a lot of energy, but he's aggressive when he says it. Yeah. Stupid son of a bitch. Um, but they have a nice a nice moment here, and uh, Alec Baldwin's just like, I, I'm sorry, you know, yeah. for, for yeah. everything. The, the angle that he gets his, his moment from is very interesting. Because mm-hmm. it's like, uh, Bob is laying down with his head braced against a rock, and Charles is all too aware that Bob is fading fast. Uh, like, they grasp each other's hands, and Bob is just, like, rattling off every important thing that he can think of, one of which is what I mentioned earlier. He actually remarks, like, like, I think I'm going to die, and I don't, I haven't done a damn thing. Mm-hmm. And I, most important thing that he wants to tell Charles, though, is, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm very 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 sorry for, for everything he also tells him that his wife wasn't a part of him like yeah. killing yeah yeah the, the wife wasn't in on the conspiracy to off him no and um and then we get it we get a don't die on me don't, don't die on me bob he's like don't tell me what to do yeah that was that was a good follow-up but the don't die on me is that's a classic mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, i think the worst example i can think of is punisher warzone oh god when the Puerto Rican guys dying in the subway or whatever. Yeah, don't really die on me. <laughs> it's it's, like, little, it's yeah. like you don't even know him. In fact, your only other interaction with him was you being suspicious of him. Yeah, very <laughs> suspicious. Oh. And then uh, we get our second helicopter. Yeah, this was um, this was good. Now, in my backpacking backpack, it even says on the inside if you're in distress, like if you're out in the wilderness lost, um, if you want a helicopter to come down, you do a big Y. You don't yeah. wave. Cause if yeah, you, you wave, mentioned that uh, when we were talking about the thing. Uh-oh. 
I can see you. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. When did I mention it? You mentioned it uh, when we were talking about the thing. Cause, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was doing the arm waves when she was trying to get Joel Edgerton to come back down. Um, but at this point, in this instance, they're looking for him. So uh, he hears the helicopter and he starts waving his jacket around. Hey, they can't hear you just wave well, it's funny actually i thought it maybe would have been a good idea to fire the rifle um oh yeah, probably i like wouldn't probably wouldn't help being as they're in a helicopter and just the sound of the rotor would probably be too much for them to hear anything but well, shoot I, shoot at them <laughs> yeah psh, somebody's shooting at us <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> um i like what he does though because it, it it's very smart he grabs um something green uh, to throw into the fire to get the smoke going, um, very effective, and well, they—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a cool scene because it almost looks like it's just gonna keep going. And it's and all then, done one shot too. Yeah, it just going, and then it just turns and just goes straight for him, and you're just oh fucking happy. And um, Anthony Hopkins figures it out, and he goes back to get Bob. And I, did you notice how Alec Baldwin was laying? As he's dead, by the way, Bob Bob passed away. He's laying yeah. and he's got his wrist upturned with the watch front and center. Uh, he just he just looks down at him and um, they you know bag him. Uh, <laughs> um, they they get back and uh, they must have told everybody at the lodge that he was back. So how long were they gone for? Would we say five or six days? It couldn't have been. Say, I want to say more because of the beards. Yeah, it might have been a week or two. Yeah, I, mean, I feel it like it was a little while. It doesn't. So I don't, yeah, I, it, they don't say it was less than a month. I'd say because they don't because they have stubble. Like it's not full beards. Well, most of the transitions we get in the movie feel like almost like like day to night transitions or night to day transitions, as opposed to like and then a week passed. Yeah, it's not like a Castaway where we get one one cut that suddenly takes us months down the road wherever yeah. um, um so if i don't know like a week or two maybe I'll, we'll give it a fortnight we'll save we'll save <laughs> two weeks tops. Sure. um but they come back and every reporter in the world is there yeah um they get back and he anthony hopkins is just being escorted and he goes past um lq and um jack the native american gentleman is just standing there i'm like you fucking dick like it's like you that motherfucker's the reason i got trapped in the woods yeah. <laughs> um anthony hopkins passes lq and um he mentions what uh that what was on the paddle earlier and he's like why is the rabbit on afraid and um lq is like because he's smarter than the bear <laughs> <laughs> and uh we walk up and um Elle McPherson, she sees that Bob's on the slab. Uh, he didn't make it, and she kind of she kind of gives like a like a <laughs> shit. Um, and she, uh, Anthony Hopkins walks up, and she just doesn't even hug him. She's just standing there, and uh, he gives her the watch, basically. Like yeah, he he hugs her. It's mm-hmm. a very cold hug, and then yeah, he uh, gives her Bob's watch. And symbolic of him knowing that she was stooping the help or whatever. <laughs> um, there was one one little line that I forgot to mention when 
um, Alec Baldwin and Anthony Hopkins are walking before they get to the cabin, that the little um, the hunting hut. Um, mm. He's like, uh, he's mentioning about some guy who said he was going to change his life, and he, he's like, well, I'm going to change mine. He's like, I've because he, when they were talking about the bear, he's like, I've always wanted to do something in my life that was unequivocal. Yes, like, and um, he's. And then later on, he mentions, like, you know what? I, I think I am going to change my life. He's like, well, you'd be the first one. But it feels like I, I think that when he gets back that he's just going to be like, no, you you have the money. You can have it all. I feel like he's just going to, like, build him a cabin out there. I feel like mm. that's what he was going to do. But um, he just has, like, this exchanges looks with Elle McPherson. And um, then the reporters are bugging the shit out of him. Damn these people. Damn them to hell. Uh, he should have just. I'll give you each a hundred thousand dollars to leave me alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, then we have the last line of the film, which is quite good and mm-hmm. delivered. Delivered quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anthony Hopkins again does not show emotion too often in any film, especially this one. Um, but they ask him, "What about your friends? Uh, how did they die?" And he starts to cry a little bit. And he says, they died saving my life. Mm-hmm. And fade to black. And then, special thanks to Bart the Bear and his trainer, Doug Seuss, for getting a special free credits. Thanks. Oh, yeah, Bart the Bear did really well. Bart the Bear kicked ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was very good. So, yeah. Avengers Infinity War, starring Bart the Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that dude in the sec- in Deadpool 2, the, the, the dad... The dad pants that he. Oh, I, I don't know that actor's name, but um, just the character. He was he was funny. Um, I mean, he he had the look for sure. Yeah, and I think the what the sunblock on the bridge of the nose that was perfect. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's pretty much the movie. I uh, I didn't mention at the top why I had Trevor watch this. Um, it's this is one of those childhood movies that I think holds up very very well. Like it had an impact on me as a child. And it's still enjoyable to watch now. Um, the cinematography is just great. Like it, it's beautiful shots. It's filmed in Alaska, not Alaska. I'm sorry, Canada. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, it's it's still a really good film. Uh, I think great performances. Alec Baldwin, Anthony Hopkins, both do really well. But yeah. No, um, I, I told you off air. Like I said, thank you for having me rewatch <laughs> this because uh, I didn't remember it that well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I forgot how much I like these kinds of movies, like man versus beast kind of movies. Like this one takes it a step further and has like a personal conflict between the two survivor characters. But I don't know. It's just man versus nature. It's just it's one of those stories that's eternal and is always going to resonate with you on some level. And mm-hmm. the way it's shot and the way it's paced out, it like one of the comments I actually wrote down was um, when when bart the bear <laughs> appears at the at the at the creek uh where uh anthony hopkins is trying to fish mm-hmm. the timing of that scene was critical yeah because it's like just the right amount of time had passed between the last time we saw the bear and it's like okay it's like this is a good time to get back to that and it's a it's just a well-crafted film and again i'm just i can't wrap my head around the fact that this is the same man who directed die another day because that movie is kind of horseshit in a lot of ways <laughs> i mean i don't i know david mamet wrote glengarry glenn ross but it might have just been 
James Bond had been thought to death at that point, and it was just at at it was that James Bond's end. Like, what was it? Tomorrow Never Dies. What's it goes Goldeneye, and then what's the second one with Tomorrow Pierce Brosnan? Tomorrow Never Dies. The one after that, The World Is Not Enough. That's well, not enough one. is kind of horseshit too. Exactly, that's where it went wrong. So there shouldn't have been a fourth one. Well, when you put it this way. Uh, aesthetically, just purely aesthetically speaking, 1997 and 2001 or two, uh, there's a world of difference between those years. <laughs> like 2002 was not a pretty year for movies. Mm. Like there, you know, everybody was wearing clothes made of garbage bags. All <laughs> all the bad things from the 90s was surviving from uh, yeah, into the 2000s. Still getting away from that, and so like. Yeah, 1997, I think, actually was the year Tomorrow Never Dies came out. That one was all right. But just, like, I'm curious to know, like, was there a completely different editor involved in Die Another Day? Because that movie's cut to shit in a lot of ways. But anyway, I really enjoyed this movie, and I'm glad I rewatched it. Because I I think I might rewatch it again down the road. Oh, yeah. I'll watch it again at some point. (laughs) All right. Well, that's pretty much all I had to say about that. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us as we caught up on The Edge. Uh, Tune in next time. Later.